Welcome to the first episode of the podcast. We're focusing on Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and anime. I'll mostly be focusing on Marvel, DC, and Star Wars. I'm the other host. My name's uh, Slushies. And I'm probably just going to be covering anime and video games, mainly. Alright, so the Ahsoka series has come to an end. I know you haven't seen it. Slushies. Yeah, but I don't really care about spoilers. So we'll start with non-spoilers anyways. So, first thing I would say about Ahsoka is... Well, obviously it takes place after Return of the Jedi. I think it's 9 ABY, which is 9 years after the Battle of Yavin. I would say it's a very good show. I know a lot of people don't like it because of certain decisions that I'll talk about in spoilers. They'll also be hating on Ezra Hella doing my boy dirty. Yeah, I do. I see a lot of hate for the show. And it's kind of... Mm, what's the word here? Undeserved. But I do think there are some things that are a little odd. Well, it first starts out with Ahsoka, main character of the show. She's... Well, if you haven't seen Mandalorian, she's looking for... Grand Admiral Thrawn, while also looking for Ezra Bridger. Bridger. And it starts with her at a temple. She finds a map to another galaxy, which I know you haven't seen. Slushies, have you? Nah. You didn't make it to that part yet? Nope. I told you. I'll only be watching like 30 minutes of the first episode, and I got bored as fuck. Well, the map is of the Star Wars galaxy, and you think that... Well, the main idea was, or theory, was that Ezra and Thrawn were in the Unknown Regions, which I fully expected. I know you also thought that. At the end of yeah. Rebels. Yeah. But it turns out he's in a different galaxy. Which I... I was a little surprised by that. Also a little worried. Because I know... Like a lot of... I know a lot of Star Wars fans wouldn't like that. Especially on Twitter. Mm. you know how they are with everything yeah but they end up going to this different galaxy and it's revealed that that is the home world of the Dathomiri the Night Sisters and uh, Mother Talzin Darth Maul is another famous Dathomiri so they originate from a different galaxy and I'm guessing so does, like, the rest of the Star Wars universe. Probably only like certain species. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because 
in Legends, there are talks of different galaxies, but in Legends, you can't leave the Star Wars galaxy because uh, beings like the Mortis gods create like a barrier around the galaxy to prevent outside threats and all that. Which ends up doesn't being the case. That's a topic for another day. So, massive spoilers here. Thrawn does escape at the end of the show. He does make it back to the Star Wars galaxy. So does Ezra. He gets on the Star Destroyer, the Chimera. And they go back. Ezra goes to warn the New Republic. Well, first he has his reunion with Hera and Syndulla. Ahsoka, Sabine, and Hu Yang are all stuck in the other galaxy, which was actually a big surprise for me because I thought they would all go back. But I I, I do think the show is going to have a season two because I think that's too big of a cliffhanger to leave off on. It's kind of like in Avengers Infinity War where they leave off on the snap and then they continue it in Endgame. That's kind of how I see... It all going down. Maybe Ahsoka season two, or they just lead right into the Heir to the Empire movie that Dave Filoni is making. So, I do think. Well, actually, let me talk about what I liked. I I did like Ahsoka. I know a lot of people were. I wouldn't say hating. They were critiquing on Ahsoka, how she's too serious and like how she isn't like she is in the Clone Wars. But in this show, she was mainly like the old Jedi before Order 66. She was judgmental and then she was just taking, I mean, her job too seriously. And I saw a lot of people like, I'm just going to say, it. they were hating on it. They were like, why is she not like she is in Clone Wars? And I'm guessing those people skipped Rebels. I mean, to be fair, I did for a while. I think I stopped watching after season two. Okay. I think that's when I stopped. I watched all of it. I watched all three seasons. Four. Four? My bad. Yeah, there was four. The Thrawn, I thought he was very well done. I do think he was one of the best parts of the series for as little as he was in it. I do see a lot of people saying, oh, in Ahsoka, he's not as smart or as good as battle strategy as he is in Rebels or in Legends. But I mean... Thrawn was really that wasn't really his focus. His focus was trying to get out of the out of this other galaxy so he can bring it back. Yeah, Earth. and if he's stranded for that long by himself, what's gonna make him want to think of like battle strategies? And I mean he is tactical in a way, but that's not he's not really focusing on it. He's just making he's got, quick he's got and like to worry about. 
Yeah, he's making quick decisions, but he's also being smart about it. But he's also running out of resources. I mean, because what he it looked like he had about two hundred stormtroopers left, and it maybe twenty tie fighters. I mean, you don't really see the entirety of the uh, uh, Chimera. I thought it was very interesting how Thrawn has kind of kept himself together. I mean, he's, his uniform, it looks almost brand new. There are like a, a few, uh, what do you call it? Like it's a little battle worn. Like there's a few scrapes here and there. Mm-hmm. Which I would say is fine because he's been there for 10 years. I also was expecting to see more of uh, Ezra, like Ezra and Thrawn interactions. And they say in the show that they haven't really crossed paths. Uh, Ahsoka was asking, like, what does Thrawn have? Like, what are the resources he has? And Ezra was saying, I don't really know because it's too it was too dangerous for me to go and check with all the stormtroopers he has and he had no lightsaber. But uh Balin's skull and his apprentice Shin Hati, I think. Yeah, Shin Hati. I thought they were really interesting is they weren't Sith characters. But they also weren't Jedi. But Balin Skull, his main goal throughout the show is to find a higher power in this other galaxy. A few theories of what it could be. The main big theory is Abeloth, which I know you think is a possibility. Yeah. Skeptical about that? Because I think if they were going to do Abeloth, I, f- I feel like it wouldn't be the place to do it in Ahsoka or in uh, a TV show. I mean, they didn't really say what it was. Uh, my main theory is, well, my main theory was for the finale, was that it could be the use on Vong. I I I am starting to think more that it's Abeloth, especially with the end where it has Balin's skull standing on the arm of the father and then the son to the or our right, the father's left, and then the daughter on the other side with her head decapitated. Another theory is that Anakin has become the father in a way and that Ahsoka has become the daughter and I saw theories of Starkiller Galen Merrick uh, being the son but I did see this theory on Twitter that Galen would be the father Ahsoka would be the daughter and Shin Hati would be the son Because Ahsoka is embracing more of the light side of the Force. 
throughout this show. Balin's looking for a higher calling. And Shin has... She's trained by Balin, a, a former Jedi, a dark Jedi. And he mentions to her that he trained her to be something more than a Jedi. And maybe she thinks that the dark side of the Force could help her be that more powerful thing that Balin wanted her to be. Which I think could be interesting, but I do think it kind of contradicts the Clone Wars Mortis arc where the father was saying that Anakin would have to take his place because he is the chosen one. Speaking of Anakin, Anakin has had a big role in this show. He first appeared in the world between worlds, uh, giving Ahsoka one final lesson, taking her throughout moments of her life. Uh, Clone Wars, then the Siege of Mandalore. And he finally got her to embrace being a Jedi again. Because in Clone Wars, she left the Order. And even in Rebels, she states constantly that she's no longer a Jedi. And then he shows up again when Ahsoka's training on the ship that she has as a hologram recording. And it's just of Anakin during Clone Wars era. He apparently made these training programs for her. I don't like how Peter Parker did it in the Spider-Man Miles Morales game. And then at the end, he shows up after Ahsoka and Sabine and Hu Yang are stuck in the other galaxy. He shows up watching her and he smiles to her, kind of symbolizing that. I mean, well, at first he has more of a face. Because he does kind of look like, well, my apprentice is now stuck in another galaxy. But he also does smile possibly at the fact that this is where her journey ends and he'll always be looking out after her. Mm. And then you have Thrawn at the very end. He shows up on Dathomir. And I'm guessing that's where he sets the stage for his war against the New Republic. And I'm hoping that Ahsoka will be able to get a season two. And if not that, then Dave Filoni and his Heir to the Empire movie will become a trilogy based on or maybe just inspired by the Heir to the Empire trilogy by Timothy Zahn. So, coming out Pretty sure it's October 27th, the FNAF movie, which actually technically has been in production for a good amount of time. But it was like back a while ago. It was supposed to be made already, but it got canceled. And now they decided to remake it, which, and surprisingly, they're having the, what's it called? Uh, The guy that played Shaggy in the live action Scooby Doo as William Afton, which I think was a, it could be a fun character. For, for him to play, but mainly about like all the trailers recently that have been releasing leading up to the movie, 
they've been like they seem pretty cool the way that they built the animatronics instead of like having people in a suit or just completely CGIing them they actually did like a little bit with it to make them look uh like to have them have a lot of detail yeah but, i did fully expect the animatronics to be fully CGI yeah but like the things that worry me is if it's only going to be PG-13 and rated R like compared to all to all the shit that's happened in the FNAF lore with like the bite of 87 and other stuff what why won't, they might not include that unless they have like unless they make the movies like trilogies and have this as as the first movie but like if they're trying to like make these movies good they got to have a good amount of the lore in it or else it's going to be like it's gonna turn out like a bad movie. It's gonna have no connection to the games or to the thing that Scott Cawthon's been building for like ten years. And I don't think yeah. it'll do really well if they don't have anything that connects it back to the original source. Yeah, I did see uh concerns about that. About the rating. But then we also have to think about if it's a PG thirteen movie, more kids are gonna be able to see this, and that's really where the money is. Yeah, but I feel like the money's also with like the longtime players. Like for me, I grew up with I grew up with the game. It was hella fun to play. Hella, it was fun to watch other YouTubers play it. And like longtime fans have been waiting for a while so they can see all this stuff in live action. But if they just yeah. go, but if they just disappoint us, then the waste wasn't really worth it. Yeah, it's been a long while for this FNAF movie to get made. I mean, development was first announced in, I think, 2015. Something like that. Yeah, and now, oh, like, eight years later, uh, it's finally coming out. Yeah. Right. I, I have also seen there is no sequel announced yet, or even greenlit. So, so far, this is only a one-off. The thing that concerns me is what you were saying. How is it going to tie into the lore? Because I'm pretty sure I have... I didn't rewatch the trailer or anything, but... At the end of the trailer, I'm pretty sure you see uh, Michael Lafton as uh, Springtrap. Even William Afton? Yeah, William Afton. Sorry. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you see him as Springtrap. Yeah, you see and, the suit, and I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, the suit was covered in blood. Yeah, I and it was, to what I remember, Springtrap didn't appear until uh, game number three. Yeah, I think, like, it was, like, a pretty decent time span between the first game that came out and then when the third game came out. So I don't know yeah, if so. like I don't know if them showing like William Afton in the first movie would be such a good idea. It also, I mean, it's also a little confusing the whole timeline of FNAF. A little bit, because I mean, technically, if FNAF... you're like a brand new viewer or player, this I imagine this movie will be lore friendly. But I think it won't rely too heavily on it. Mm-hmm. Which I think will disappoint some fans. 
but I think it also bring in new fans. Yeah, and then they can seeing, play the games. Because I've been seeing like when the movie got announced its release date on on social media, I was seeing a bunch of videos like uh, me watching like the bite of '87 happen with like a bunch of people screaming, but me already knowing what happened because I watched the lore. They pro- mm-hmm. probably might not have like those kinds of things that we expected. Yeah, I when I heard it was gonna be PG thirteen, I was a little disappointed because uh, Blumhouse, I know they are famous for their rated R movies, and I think one of my favorite rated R movies, Visible Man, that was I mean it was cheap as most Blumhouse movies are. But also, they make like a good percentage of their movie back and more. Mm -hmm. So I figured that this would be rated R. It'd be like a cheaper budget of a movie, but they would make it back maybe three times over. The budget of this movie, I mean, it is pretty cheap for a feature length movie it's only 25 million dollars i also think that it coming out on digital is also gonna hurt the box office numbers yeah because aren't they releasing it on peacock the same time that they're showing in the theaters and if i'm not mistaken peacock is what is it free yeah pretty sure but i do think it'll be uh like get the pay for for it. Kind of how Disney Plus did it for uh, Black Widow and Mulan and all those movies that came out during COVID. Mm -hmm. But I I do think this Friday of Freddy's movie will be good. I am hopeful that it is everything that people want it to be. So I do, I do think this movie will combine elements from the first three games. Most likely. If they show the suit, then yeah. Especially with Springtrap. And you see Matthew Lillard as William Afton. Mm-hmm. So either he dies in this movie and he gets into a Springtrap suit, or maybe he just programmed the Springtrap suit to go like on a killing spree. Cause I don't think you can do the whole William Afton dies and then his spirit is in the suit in mm. less than two hours. Yeah. All right. I think we can drift away from that now. We can talk about the new Spider-Man game coming out. Spider-Man two. As everybody knows, the first game was a massive success. Miles Morales was pretty mid. Well, not that opinion, bad. I think. Yeah, well, it's like, I don't know. To me, it seemed like the first game had so much more. Like, Miles Morales only has story mode, didn't have any DLC. So Yeah, I, 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 did, like, I did see a lot of opinions that Miles Morales could have been a DLC instead of this short game. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it was a big push for the PS5. And then going back to Spider-Man PS4, the, the sales as of 
May 2022, which I don't know if that also includes the Steam sales. It sold 33 million copies, which is pretty good. Or very good, really. And Spider-Man PS4, people would often, well, they still do, they compare it to the Arkham games, which I think is a fair comparison, because they are both great series. But talking about Spider-Man 2, that comes out in two weeks, or almost two weeks, 16 days from now. Since we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, comes up to the 20th, actually. So, 15 days. Jeez, we are that close. I didn't realize that. But I'm pretty sure everybody knows the story. Or the idea of the story. Craven the Hunter comes to New York. And then uh, Peter Parker gets the symbiote suit. And they... And they have to stop Craven, Miles, and Peter. And then eventually, Venom shows up. Which I'm, they keep, they don't, they haven't said who it is. But I'm pretty sure it's Harry Osborn. Yeah, because I mean, I don't really see anybody else being Venom. Yeah. Because, I mean, you haven't set up Eddie Brock. Or, I mean, you could do the Scorpion, since he was Venom for a time in the comics. But I I doubt they would do that. Especially because Venom does say that one line of, uh, we will heal the world, or something like that. And Harry Osborn does say that earlier in the trailer. But I'm really excited for this game. Other than a new story you have more villains and you have a bigger map which I actually wasn't expecting I expect the map to be the exact same but now they've added Brooklyn and Queens to the map which makes it two times as big they said Mm -hmm. and they added uh, web gliding to the traversal which I think is a natural progression since they did tease it in Spider-Man PS4 you also have the symbiote new abilities I did see that there is a rage mode similar to God of War and I'm, I'm curious to see how how else the Venom symbiote mm, augments Spider-Man's powers? I mean, maybe if you're wearing the symbiote suit, you can take down an enemy in less hits than it would take outside of the symbiote suit. Or, not more interested, but I'm as equally interested in to know who the side villains are. Because Spider-Man PS4 was, like, had the Sinister Six as the main villains. And then they had all the side villains. They had Tombstone, uh, Screwball, Taskmaster. Um, uh, that Yuri is uh, evil. 
alias. I forgot what it's called. Oh, uh, Wraith. Yeah, they did tease it in the DLC. Yeah. Yeah, so I know the confirmed list, or not the confirmed list, but what we've seen so far is Yuri Watanabe is going to be a villain. Uh, Mysterio is showing up. The Prowler is also going to have some missions in the city. But um, for as far as I know, that's it for the side villains. Oh, and then you have Mr. Negative coming back into the story, which I think he'll not be a big part of, but he'll be a big part of Miles in his personal story. I was also wondering if uh, Norman Osborn will have a bigger role, not just as being Harry's father, but as being the Green Goblin. But I, I, I did see a theory, actually, that Norman Osborn could be Venom. But I don't think that is the plan. So they ever did that before? Like in the comics uh, or anything? In the comics, he i not I mean, I can't remember an instance he had but uh he did have the Karn symbiote quite recently. Mm. And he became Red Goblin. Maybe he has as like a quick not like as a long term thing like Scorpion had. Mm. But I do think they're going to make him the villain of Spider-Man 3 instead, since they did tease the Green Goblin in the first game. The game has gone gold, which means the version that they have is what they're happy with, and they will be releasing that version. And now that they're done with Spider-Man 2 they're going to be shifting their focus to the Wolverine game that was announced uh, 2020, I believe. Which I do... I think uh, Insomniac is the right uh, video game production company for developers to make this. They release really good games. Like, good story and everything. I know people love the Ratchet and Clank games. And I... I mean, very obviously, people love these Spider-Man games. So I'm very interested to see what they do with the Wolverine games. And if maybe they tie together with the Spider-Man games. I do think Marvel's best bet at video games is Insomniac. Yeah, especially after what happened with the Avengers game. Yeah, that was a big flop financially and for all people who played it. Yeah, I mean, we would know we played the game. We did play the game. Me, personally, I thought the story was okay. I think the inclusion of Miss Marvel was a bit odd. Since, I mean, they did. 
wasn't heavy needed. inhuman story. But I don't think... I mean, I think they could have removed that. And it still would have been a story. Mm-hmm. I mean, to my knowledge, the inhuman stuff didn't really have a... I mean, from what I can remember, didn't have like a huge part in the story. Especially with promises of extra heroes to play as. I mean, what do they promise? They promised Spider-Man when the game came out. And they gave it out like a year later. Uh, Black Panther came out. Uh, K-Bishop. Hawkeye, even. Like, yeah. one of the main Avengers. And then they came out with, uh, what's that last one that came out? Uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah, I, I, I swear, I remember, like, long ago when the game was, like, freshly out there, it leaked, like, Doctor Strange or something. Yeah, Doctor Strange was apparently in the oh. works. And Captain yeah. Marvel. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, those are just two of the ones I can remember. I do think the big problem was that is there was so when did the Avengers game come out? 2019? 2020. 2020. Yeah. I do think the problem with that is Spider-Man came out before and it kind of raised the bar. Yeah. Especially with its open world and the, the combat combat system yeah the combat system was great and the general story of it was amazing mm-hmm. do you think that was a big problem for marvel's avengers especially because what was it it was announced years before yeah i feel like if marvel ever plans to make a avengers game again they should just let somnia handle it yeah i i do think a big problem was the uh, mainly the online player system, where I know when we played, when we were in public lobbies, it took like five minutes to get a full roster. Yeah. And then you also have no open world to explore, which I think would have been very easy, or I mean, probably not easy. Coding isn't, especially coding a video game, isn't the easiest job in the world. But I I do think it's kind of how you felt with uh, Star Wars The Older Public. But even Older Public was an open world, or it's a limited open world, than what Avengers had. So, yeah. I mean, oh, the open and, world for that was the helicarrier, and yeah, even that was very remember small. Remember the last? Remember who the last person that it was? Was Jane Foster? I'm pretty sure. No, they did add Jane Foster. Yeah. Yeah, but like none of the characters really were able to save the game. It's just it had nothing the... going for it once you beat the story. The multiplayer wasn't that good. Because it's like waves of enemies till you till you either reach a boss or you just complete all the waves and then the game's over. 
and there like was the, no like reward system. Even you didn't even. I mean, on some missions, and if you completed challenges, you would unlock uh, cosmetic items. Yeah, but well, like that, that game was, was boring. It was, yeah, and the game was just all cosmetics, so there was really nothing to strive yeah. for. And you had to pay for skins. You couldn't purchase them with the green coin system or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there was really no point in the gear system either. Because you mm-hmm. equipped gear, and it looked different in the menu, but it didn't affect your suit at all. Yeah. So... I think that's where the Marvel Avengers game really failed. And now it's off Steam, off PlayStation Arc, off everything. Yeah. And they knew that it was failing because they before they gave it one last update, they gave everybody all the cosmetics. Just a terrible way to Admit defeat. Yeah. I do I do think Marvel's future in the gaming industry should be in the hands of Insomniac. Mm-hmm. But you also do have those new video games coming out. Uh EA is coming out with an Iron Man game. I think they're also doing the uh, Black Panther game. Yeah. And then, oh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the Telltale game. I'm not a huge fan of the Telltale games, but I did hear that it was a good game for what it was. And the story was apparently very good. And then you have games like uh, Midnight Suns, and was the trailer looked amazing, and then everybody found out it was a card turn-based game. Yeah, uh, I feel like if you ever make a turn-based game for console, it's never gonna go out well. Yeah, like I next- do think the console part of it was the weirdest part. Mm-hmm. Because if you expect a console game, you expect it to be like full of action, not just waiting to take your turn to fight. And then you have, I mean, what I think is a pretty fun game, that mobile Marvel game, uh, Future Revolutioner, something like that. Future Revolution. Yeah, I think that's a great game for mobile. And I think if you brought that over to consoles or uh, PC, I think that would do really well. Yeah. Especially in that game that actually has a gear, a gear system that actually affects your suit. Mm-hmm. So I do think I mean I am hopeful for the for these new new games, the EA Iron Man game, the new Black Panther game, and then a Captain America World War Two game. Uh if I knew who that was, I think that Captain America game should uh, take inspiration from uh, Battlefield. 
I know Battlefield Five. I know we played that once or twice. Yeah. I do think if they did that with a Captain America game, I think that could do really well. Yeah. Oh, it's a Captain America Black Panther video game. Out their hands full with new Captain America game, Captain America Black Panther game set in World War Two, and a Star Wars game. Untitled Star Wars game, which I think is not to the older public. Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking of Knights of the Old Republic, how I'm playing through that game right now, I do think it'd be a little hard to bring that over to console. I mean, probably not. If they have like the DC Universe Online game, that's, that's that, like that. It's just, but like they should like fix up some, to like change up the graphics because we all know what happened when they released. Red Dead Redemption 1, an old game, back onto, like, new generation consoles and other stuff. Everybody was disappointed with, like... They didn't even improve I, the graphics, either. I, like, I think just, I just was, saw they're making... They're having an option where it goes up to 60 frames per second. Yeah, but that's, like, still after... I'm pretty sure it's been out for, like, a month or two. And it took them that so. long... It took them that long to add the 60 frame option. So, if they did want to add it to, to uh, console... They just gotta like improve the graphics on it. I think I think the graphics will be up to date, and I do think. I mean, maybe it's just me. Uh, on next to Republic, the combat's a little slow, and I I do think they need to improve that. Mm-hmm. And then you have that other Star Wars game coming out, uh, Star Wars Eclipse. Um. I, that's an open world or open galaxy game where you could choose your own faction, bounty hunter, spice dealer, or anything. Yeah. I do think this game has a lot of potential. I hope it's not a letdown. Uh, like uh, Starfield is. Starfield was a letdown, really? Yeah. Apparently, I thought it would be a hit since Bethesda has a pretty good track record. Fallout 4 being one of my favorite games. I do know that there was some disappointment with Fallout 76. I did feel that as well. I think the multiplayer didn't really work for it. I mean, I know a lot of people were asking for a multiplayer, online multiplayer Fallout game, but I think the result of it was a little annoying, especially because when I was playing, I would constantly just get killed by other players as I was trying to do missions. And it felt really annoying. But uh, with Starfield, uh, basically a Star Wars game without lightsabers or anything. Um, uh, what is that other space game? I know that is really 
well-received. I can't remember what it is. No Man's Sky. I know that is... Well, I know that is really well-received, to my knowledge, at least. Because it is a space game where you could actually journey throughout space. And in uh, Starfield, a big complaint is that you can't really journey through space where you have to fast travel to every planet. And um, that's a big complaint that I see that it was I don't know if it was promised or said officially. Starfield is not a, it's a disappointing game that I hear. Um, Halloween movies. Everybody loves a good Halloween movie. Especially when it's the time of the month. All right, let's just go with the obvious. Halloween, the Halloween franchise. Uh... Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, um, Scream. Scream is a big hit. And, uh, well, first start off with the Halloween franchise. That is a... Overall, it is a... I would say it's a 4 out of 10 franchise really that bad well the many sequels are what make it bad yeah that's why that's why i've seen in the internet like past year like anytime they release a new halloween movie it's always worse it gets considerably worse each time yeah um well the classic first halloween movie i think was actually very good. I think it's still good to this day. But then you kind of get weirder movies as you go on. You get Halloween 2, which I think is an okay sequel. But then you have Halloween 3, or Halloween 4, or Return of Michael Myers. Halloween 5, I don't remember what that one's called. Halloween 6. The Curse of Michael Myers. And then like Halloween H2O. And then you have the... And then they rebooted it. And then... They, I think they did two movies of that reboot. And then they rebooted it again. With Halloween that came out in 2018. Which I actually think is my favorite... Halloween movie out of all of them, even Halloween the original. Actually, no, no, no. Halloween Kills is my favorite one. I think that is a very good movie. I think my order would have to be Halloween Kills, Halloween 2018, Halloween 1978, and then Halloween Ends. And I only put Halloween ends. Well, I mean, Halloween ends is the end out of those four movies. 
because of the weird um, storyline where Michael Myers doesn't Michael Myers goes into like hiding and then he doesn't kill a kid because he looks into his eyes I think there is oh they were saying like that kid also has the evil like the evil whatever that Michael also has and that's why he didn't kill him and I think that is very weird and a very weird decision to do And then it's, I mean, it is the end or the end. It's not going to be the end. And then for a fact, they're going to reboot this later. All right. What Halloween franchise is your favorite? Well, I want to say it's a Halloween. Well, I mean, it's a horror movie, but it's just a Conjuring series. Oh, the Conjuring series is actually very good. I wouldn't yeah. classify that as Halloween, but they are yeah. horror. Yeah, that's why that's why it's more of a horror. I go with that because like they connected, they're able to connect it to like the nun movie. I saw the second one too, or the second nun movie. Did that? What did that have to do with the? Did have anything to do with like the first one? Did it bring any characters back from the first one or not? It didn't. I mean, it did bring some characters back, but it didn't show how that guy like went crazy and met Ed and Lorraine. Mm. So exactly, I say like, well, technically, well, I can't probably remember when the nun did it defeat her. Or did they just like temporarily weaken and put? Uh, I say they back? temporarily defeated her because she does come back in uh, the Conjuring. Who? Mm. What's the main plot of that movie? Uh, the nun too. Yeah, like just to say it without spoilers. Well, yeah, I think we can save that for another episode. But uh, yeah. the nun two non spoilers. The nun comes back, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it focuses mainly on uh that one, the priest or the, not the priest, the the nun. Not the like, evil nun, but the the girl that helped the priest in the first movie. Uh, I'm forgetting her name. I'm gonna lock that up. Uh, Sister Irene. Mm. Um, it focuses on her, and she hears that the nun is back because of stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. So she has to. Defeat the nun again. And they are after a, a specific object that can help them defeat the nun. I think you should watch that before you watch the nun 2. I don't think the nun 2 can stand on its own without having seen the first one. Mm-hmm. But even talking about the Conjuring movies... I think those are very good as well. I feel like the second one was a little was like pretty bad in my opinion. I I would say my if I had to like list them in terms of my favorites, 
it would probably be in release order. I think Conjuring 1 is the best one. Definitely. And then Conjuring 2. And then Conjuring 3, I think that was also good. It wasn't as strong, and it didn't really have me that invested in it as much as 1 or even 2. Conjuring 1 is definitely my favorite, though. I think it's my favorite out of the whole Conjuring universe as well. You have the Annabelle movies. Uh, Conjuring, the Nun movie, and the Curse of Lairona. That movie was really weak, though. Curse of Lairona? I think so. I think I'd have to watch it again. It was like, I mean, like, it's been a while. Yeah, but like, I feel like they could have made it more scary. Yeah, I think they also could have. I think if they said it in Mexico. I think if they like, Don, they just like set the Laona up better instead of it's just some. It's just like, cause I'm pretty sure like going off the folklore, she's not. She never comes to the U.S. She's like always in a certain part of Mexico. Oh yeah, it it was in Los Angeles. That's where it yeah. says on the Wikipedia. Yeah, I but do like, think if it was a smaller consequences, like where it could stand on its own. I mean, it does stand on its own because it doesn't really connect to the other movies, except for that one scene with the priest. Yeah, he mentions Annabelle, but I do think if this was in Mexico, maybe in like. A small village or city village, whatever I say. Um, but it feels like in a small city. Kind of like how uh well, I I like I like how like movies they have a problem in an area and they have people go there. Like yeah, so like I, I feel think... like it would have been it would have been better if they had like oh a guy or someone like having to go over to Mexico. To check to check out about like on the news has been like Lyona has been appearing hella and like joining a good amount of kids. Yeah, I think it would have been better if it was just a small, uh, like a smaller scale movie. Mm-hmm. And then you I mean you could have tied it in, uh, maybe. I mean, maybe you could have had that priest. Come to the village. Maybe at the end. And he's like, oh, I've, I believe you. So I, I know there are evil spirits in this world and all that. Because mm-hmm. he's seen Annabelle and all that. All right, I think it's going to wrap it up. It's weird. Yeah. a minute or an hour and 20 minutes. I was hoping to make this a 30-minute podcast, but whatever. It's the first episode. We can do whatever we want. Pretty much. Uh, we'll... we'll save that one topic I have for another episode. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We have a YouTube. It's, it's just this, but with a video of... Uh- 
either of us playing a video game. That's probably going to be more work in progress. Though. Yeah, that it will be a work in progress. We're on Spotify. Uh, going to be on YouTube. Um, we're also on Acast. All right, well, thank you for listening. And we'll be, we'll be, Jesus, we'll be, we will be back. There you go. We will be back next Friday. We'll be recording on Thursdays. So we'll record next Thursday, hopefully.